And welcome back to To the Gridiron here on Top Fair Sports. Uh, this week, it's going to be a little bit different. It's just myself, Victor, and Logan. Uh, so I get to do all my cheesy routine intros, uh, all the catchphrases without Brett and Spencer making fun of me, and everything else that I usually say that, on paper, apparently we're trying to cut out. So, uh, Logan, welcome. How are you doing? Great, man. I appreciate the... Uh the cheesy comment. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Puns are intended here at Top Chair Sports. Uh, almost exclusive. So, um, week 15, we saw a lot of some crazy things in the NFL. It was the first time the Jets got win all season. Uh, kind of sucks for them because now... With the Jags' loss, the Jets are not the front runners anymore for Trevor Lawrence. Winner of the week, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, uh, because man, both are uh, better off now than if the Jets had the first overall pick. Yeah, for sure. I guarantee Trevor Lawrence was definitely paying attention to those games, despite him getting ready for the uh, for college football playoff and everything. You can't help but to think he was at least paying attention to this week's in the to this week in the NFL. And I know if I were Trevor Lawrence, it would have been a total sigh of relief that the Jets won their game against the Rams. Yeah, I saw Jets fans cursing out uh Sean McVay's name. Gotta think he's not happy either. I mean, the Rams were fighting for a division title and literally uh turned into apparently a trap game for them. I mean, nobody chalked this up as a win for the Jets. I don't even think the Jets chalked this up as a win for the Jets. Seemed like the only person who was really happy was uh, Frank Gore, who, if this is his last season, he isn't going out in an undefeated fashion or in a winless fashion. My bad. Closest the Jets got to undefeated this year uh, since the start. But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, uh, rough week for them. Also, rough week for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they lose their third straight, but more notably lose to the Bengals, who were 14.5-point underdogs. The reason I bring this up is it's the first time in, I believe, 20 years that two teams who were favored or who were 14 or more point underdogs won in the same week uh, in roughly 20 years. So, crazy that that happened. Um, The Jets and the Bengals being those teams – Bengals, of course, have nothing to fight for. Uh, if anything, they also want a high draft pick. But anytime that you get to screw over a division rival, it's you're going to take that opportunity no matter what it means for your team. So they Absolutely. definitely enjoyed it. Um, congrats to their third string QB getting that win and his first ever win. And yeah, the Steelers really need to figure something out on offense. The defense, uh, you and I, both Steelers fans, watch the game. The defense still look great uh, when they they don't have to play for, you know, 48 of the 60 minutes. But that offense really has not had a, uh, much going for it the past few weeks. And I'm just saying this as a Steelers fan. Maybe if Juju spent more time practicing his, uh, you know, fundamentals as opposed to dancing on other logos, they would be a, a little bit better off. Um, I know for me, I hate the whole dancing on the logo because I'm fine with him doing the TikTok dances, uh, especially when we're winning, because clearly everything else is going well. But if you're not winning, then there's always something you can be doing better. There's still always something uh, you can be doing to make yourself better if you are winning. But 
if someone came into Pittsburgh and filmed a TikTok on our logo that wasn't on our team, I would be furious. Uh, I would want, even if we lost the game, my number one objective would be to make sure that he got what was coming for him. And the Bengals did just that, delivering a very clean but very hard hit to Juju in the first quarter uh, after he recorded his video. Honestly, I'm kind of happy it happened. Uh, Again, I didn't like the whole dance on other teams' logo. Not a fan. And it's something else when you're winning. And it's also something else if you're, like, the best at your position. Am I crazy here? To me, if you're not, first off, even a pro bowler at your position, then you're not good enough to be dancing on other people's logos. Am I crazy here? Is that just me? I I would agree, but also disagree. I don't think it matters how good you are. I don't think that's exactly something you should be doing. To me, it almost came off. It's starting to come off, I should say, as Terrell Owens-ish, and that's not an area that you want to be compared to with Terrell Owens. Like, I mean, I would like to be compared to him with my talent, but not my off and on the field antics and him dancing on the logo is starting to become very Terrell Owens ish. And that worries me. I completely agree. Uh, Tia, one of the most noble people who comes to mind for something like this with those celebrations. Uh, yeah, but at least Tio was, you know, probably a top three when he was doing all that most of the time. And the fact that Juju has roughly danced on, I'm going to estimate at seven away games so far, roughly seven logos uh, that aren't Pittsburgh. And he has seven total touchdowns on the year. So if you do not even have more touchdowns than you have logos you've danced on, uh, something's wrong. And yeah, it's just all in all, I'm kind of glad he got what was coming to him again if this was any other team i would have wanted it to happen so hopefully it gets his head out of his ass um because they they may not even win the division right now um they are still in line to win it but they could have clinched versus a two ten and one Bengals team they didn't now they have two tough opponents to close the season we'll get into this more uh when we get to their matchup but yeah, not a great look for Juju or Pittsburgh after this week. No, for sure. I totally agree. Now, I will say, and it was probably the only positive thing that came out of that game, um, was Deontay Johnson caught every single football that hit his hands. Um, so he actually came into that game with more drops than five. I think it was five other entire teams in the league. I did see Think that. Think about yes. that. Um, so it's... for him to finally get the hang of catching the football, because, you know, that's kind of a receiver's primary thing to do. <laughs> you know, it was it was good to see him look what looked like to be focused. He was running good routes. Um, a lot of his targets that weren't completed passes, in fact, every target that was not a complete pass to him was not his fault. Um to me, it looked like Ben was underthrowing him when he didn't complete the pass. So it was good to see Deontay finally playing the way he should have been playing this entire season. 
Agreed. Um, he had a very strong start, even though drops were an uh, wow, just forgot how to talk. Even though drops were an issue, he was still doing great when healthy. Uh, and then those past few weeks, especially, it just he wasn't making enough plays, and the, the drops were the focus there. And it wasn't just him. This entire Pittsburgh team, uh, going into that game, they had 32 drops. It led the league as the most for a team. And, you know, Mike Tomlin called out the whole team saying, if you won't catch the ball, someone will replace you who will. That was at everybody. Juju, Deontay, Claypool, everybody. And I guess Juju last week, thinking, what do you have, five for 63 and a touchdown, thought that meant he didn't. it didn't apply to him anymore. And he went out and did his dances for the next two weeks still. But Deontay, on the other hand, went out four hours before this game was had someone just tossing him a ball for four hours just to to get back in this rhythm um, to hopefully shake his yips and it seems like it paid off. Love the the heart and the effort there from Deontay Johnson. Imagine that guy's arm that threw him passes for four straight hours. That'd be terrible. Yeah, especially when uh, he's probably not even a QB. He's just there to help warm him up, and he's like, "Okay, you're gonna throw it to me." Till I tell you to stop. And he's like, dude, it's three in the afternoon. He's like, yep. Till I tell you. <laughs> but yeah, there was one other thing we wanted to talk about before we get into our week 16 picks. And it was something you brought up to me before. We didn't go into actually discussing it um, because we wanted, I wanted live reactions here. But you were, you mentioned, let's just think uh, who are the best teams as far as both sides of the ball? Who do I and you believe are the best teams in the league? So did you want to talk about that or expand on it? Or do you just want me to run with this? Oh, I would I would love to expand on it. So, um, you know, you can almost take the definition of being the best on both sides of the ball. Like what you and I were talking about earlier, like, um, you know, we'll take, I don't know, the Titans, for example. So the Titans offense is probably... I would almost say a top five offense in the NFL. Would you agree? Easily, yes. And their defense is probably very average, starting to go on that below average spectrum. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd keep them in the middle. All right. So, but nonetheless, would you, you know – does one outweigh the other or do you just kind of average it out to say like, yeah, they're probably like a higher or lower, depending on how you look at it, maybe like eight, nine or 10 overall complete team. Um, or do you say, well, the defense is just so bad that I can't even say, well, not even so bad. They're just so not good that you can't even consider the Titans a good complete team. Um, so your definition and my definition might be different. It's all up to interpretation, but I think that's kind of the whole fun of picking what team is com complete from, you know, offense to defense, maybe even special teams if you really want to get saucy. Okay. Um, so who would you pick as your best overall complete team on both sides of the ball? So, uh, the way I'm looking at this more is where are you for each and how much better or what's the difference there? So obviously whichever one is worse for you, can the other one make up for it 
to a certain extent. That's kind of how I think about it. Uh, in a way, what leads you to win games, how likely are you are to win, but not necessarily because for me, the Packers are an extreme example of phenomenal offense, but awful defense. So I don't know if I would have them as a complete team, even though I have them as a team who can win because the offense outweighs the defense that much, but still not a complete team. So my number one team for this would still be the Kansas State Chiefs. Uh, I believe they're the best team in football because personally, I think they have the best offense in football. And although their defense is in top five, I would probably have it top 10, maybe around that 10 mark uh, easily. So for me, with how good their offense is and the fact that their defense is still, in my eyes, solidly top half and possibly top 10, uh, that's why I have them as the best or most complete. All right. and yeah, I can totally respect that. I, especially as of recent, the Chiefs defense has been playing really well. And not, of course, it's it's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But points-wise, they're really the Chiefs really aren't putting up as many points as you would think they would be. And of course, you know, with COVID and everything, and it is later in the season now, you know, their players are tired, banged up, getting sick, whatnot. Um, but they really just haven't been putting up the numbers we would think scoring numbers, I should say, not necessarily yardage um, scoring numbers that you would think that offense would be putting up. But I would agree with you. I think the Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL. No matter how many points they put up, I think they're the best offense in the NFL. Um, do you also them have them as the most complete team? I do not have them as the most complete team just because I don't know if that defense I like I'm not I'm not convinced on that defense. Okay. Um not yet because in the beginning of the season they weren't very, they weren't good at all. Um and it's just as of maybe these last like three or four weeks that they're really starting to pick it up. So I'm not totally convinced on them. But if we're talking top three complete teams, I'd probably have Kansas City at number three. Um, okay. My number one complete team would be, I would say, the New Orleans Saints, um, both offense, uh, bleh, offense and defense. Um even if it's Taysom Hill or Drew Brees at quarterback, it just seems like they're finding, you know, they're they're finding creative ways to get in the end zone. And the Saints defense is, I don't even know if probably, I think it definitely is the best defense in the NFC. Now take that as you will. I don't know how great many of the other defenses are. Um, I mean, the Bears are the Bears have a good defense. Over Washington, you know, I think I, I think Washington is missing one or two pieces on that defense for me to call them the best defense in the NFL. I think after this next offseason, the Washington football team will have the best defense in probably the entire NFL, um, as long as they draft smart. I think I think as long as they draft smart and use their available salary cap to their advantage to 
to complete that defense, there's no question that defense is going to be incredible. Um, if okay. not, like I said, probably the best defense in the NFL next year, if they do it correctly. Um, now, my second pick, you're, it's, it's going to shock you, be, especially because of what just happened this week. But I think the Rams are one of the best, probably the second most complete team. I would say that they have the second best defense in the NFC right now. And quite honestly, the weapons they have on the offense and they are, they're able to score. We've seen it. They, they're a complete team. I think a lot of their issues and it's going to be crazy, but I think a lot of their issues are play calling and coaching. They really? have they, people, they have the offensive line. Not, oh, go ahead. Most people would not say Sean McVay is a reason that they are struggling. Now, I'm not saying it's Sean McVay. I'm saying just coaching in general. All of the coordinators, something is not right. Something is not clicking. Um, that being said, player personnel wise, they have. Honestly, if if they were if they didn't just lose this week, if they would if they did exactly what they should have done against the Jets, I would say they are the most complete team in the NFL. As crazy as that sounds, and as hot of a take as this is, like your favorite saying, on paper, that team is complete. <laughs> Seriously, that team is complete. And okay. I, then you just you just wonder, is it coaching? And I I think it is. And like you said, really, like Sean McVay, not necessarily him, but I think just the coaching staff in general, I think is the reason why this team is not first in the NFC. I think there's they should be first in the NFC with who they have because they are complete. But I don't think the coaching staff is right for this team. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely a little bit of a bold take with the recency bias there of being the one and not the start of the 13 for the Jets, but the one in the wing column after being one in uh, 13. But I definitely see where you're coming from. They're not my number two. They're probably not in my top five, actually. They're flirting around maybe that five mark for me, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, see, this is why I'm. I was okay with saying this when Brett and Spencer were not on here, because uh, <laughs> I know they. I would have just gotten absolutely torched. Yeah, well, luckily, uh, although we are both guest starring on the Brett and Spencer show uh, within To the Gridiron, but luckily they're not here, so we can talk about whatever we want, and uh, it's not a Steelers rant, so they probably will actually be surprised, but. That being said, my number two team going in this list uh, is the New Orleans Saints as far as most complete. So for all the aforementioned reasons, I just have them slightly behind the Chiefs. Uh, And I thought that this past week was a good example of that. I think the Chiefs are better set to win. Um, And I think just all around, when you look at how they matched up versus each other, it shows that 
the Chiefs have enough in their offense to make up for the defense and that they are slightly more complete to me than the Saints. Oh, totally. And I think we saw that really, honestly, last year with the Chiefs' entire season. That offense just was so explosive and could just outscore anybody that yeah. they could come from, a, what, a 14-point deficit, like, no problem, and outscore their opponents like crazy. And the, the, the greatest thing about the Chiefs' offense, they can totally score in 45 seconds or they can eat up eight minutes of the clock. They are just yep. that good. Um, and Andy Reid is an incredible coach. And I think everybody knows that. There's no question about that. Um, and he knows with all those weapons how to manage the clock with those weapons on that offense. And that's what makes them so dangerous. Agreed. Uh, who comes in at third for you on this list then? Um, if you had to round out your three. Well, I think Kansas City's third for me. Um, okay. But just to round up top five, I would say Bills definitely number four and probably Colts number five. Okay. Uh, yes, Spencer is not going to let me forget it once I say this. The Colts are number three for me, um, especially with the way their offense has been playing lately. The fact that I truly think they can get it done even if Brissett is in instead of Rivers. But that defense is so good. I have them as the second best defense in the AFC, probably top three in the NFL uh, with only the Saints from the NFC being higher and then the Steelers. But yeah, the Colts to me are the third most complete team all in all. And I would not want to play them anytime soon or in the playoffs. Let me just say that. Rounding out my top five then. The Bills are tough. I've wondered if their defense is truly good or if uh, it's being just a little overshadowed by how good the offense has been for them to win games. Um, Four, I probably would still have the Bills. Um, And then five, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I actually have the Buccaneers. Their offense is explosive. Their defense is one of the best against the run. And although it's a little weak in the secondary, the Buccaneers, aside from one or two games extreme here or there, have just been all in all very complete this season. I would agree, 100%. Uh, Other notable mentions, you talked about the Rams. You know, six weeks ago, I would have said the Steelers. Um, I won't anymore. I won't put them near the top five right now until their offense is figured out. What about the Ravens? Uh, the Baltimore, I was just going to say, the Baltimore Ravens are definitely one I would bring up. And I actually would have the Titans in this discussion because of how good their offense has been. I believe they're one of two offenses, offenses who's, who are averaging over 30 points per game. Their defense is, I get, to me, probably in that 10 to 15 range. But when you think about how good both are and how few teams have, both sides of the ball, top 15, and one side of the ball, top three, in my opinion, that that's enough to carry them there. So, yeah. All right. I think that was a pretty good discussion. I like that one. Yeah. We'll uh, definitely get 
we'll hear Brett and Spencer's opinions. Probably not on air. We'll just hear them after they listen to this. But yes, if they have any other noble honorable mentions, we will bring them up next time or tweet about it. And yeah, uh, with that, shit, hate that I do that. Uh, okay, moving on. We will get into our week 16 picks. Now I have Spencer and Brett's here. We'll still follow our same order. I'll go, you go, and then I will read for Spencer, then Brett. We do have a solid amount of good games this week, but yet it doesn't seem like that many different winners. So I'm intrigued to see uh, where you stand on a lot of these. We kick it off with the Minnesota Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. Talk about one of those complete teams. I'll take the Saints in this one. Yeah, I, I have to second that. Definitely the Saints. As will Spencer and Brett. So that's a sweep uh, in our first game. Next, we move on to Tampa Bay versus Detroit. I'll take another one of those possible complete teams we talked about. Tampa Bay. Yep, I will. I will second Tampa Bay. Uh, the, the lines are just—they're a wreck. They really are. I mean, I—I I figured they were going to be before the season even started. I wasn't high on Matt Patricia. I wasn't high on the weapons that they were putting on offense and defense. And uh, yeah, and looks like I, I was pretty accurate on that considering the GM who put to the weapons together and Patricia, who was coaching those quote unquote weapons are both gone. So yeah, we're going to go with the Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, definitely some things for them to correct this off season. Um, next, or Spencer and Brett also have Tampa Bay. We'll make it two sweeps so far and counting. I see a lot of these happening despite the good games. Miami takes on Las Vegas in a very crucial game considering playoffs. I believe Las Vegas is a, eliminated as of last week. Or am I, I getting ahead of myself? Getting, I think they, if they lose this week, they're going to be eliminated. And I think if certain, if like, I think if the Ravens win, I think the Raiders are eliminated no matter what they do. So they definitely don't control their own destiny, but uh, with playoff hopes, we'll say on the line for both of these teams with the Dolphins staying at nine and five. Yes, you heard that correct. Nine and five. Yep. Fins up. Yep. Yep. Fins up. Uh, I will take the Dolphins in this one, knocking the Raiders out. I didn't have them as a playoff team. I still don't. And the Derek Carr injury last week hurt them. They do have a quality backup in Mariota, but they're hoping Carr can be healthy for next week, for sure. Yeah, it just came out probably about an hour ago that um, that Derek Carr was preparing to play for this game, but quite honestly, I don't think it'll matter. Um, I think the Dolphins are slowly but surely becoming a complete team, as we were talking about earlier. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put them near the top five as of right now, but when you look at the games, they they do put together a complete game, um, both on the offense and defensive sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick the Dolphins on this one. Okay. Uh, Spencer and Brett both agree, as they also have the Dolphins. Fins up. So that's another sweep. We're four for four. Uh, so far. And just kidding, we're three for three because I skipped over our third game. So let's jump back to that. San Francisco takes on divisional opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, big win for the Cardinals last week after beating the New York Giants. 
ended their three-game losing streak. Much needed for them. They're sitting at eight and six right now, I believe in the seventh spot currently in the NFC. And when looking at the playoff picture, I'm going to take them in this one. Um, Cardinals, Logan. Yeah, the what the performance that Kyler Murray put against the Eagles this past week, um, if he can replicate that again, and I know the Eagles defense isn't near what the 49ers defense is, but he was impressive. I mean, he put up, not that he's had a long career, but he's put up he put up career highs last week. Um, so if he can ride high on that on that momentum, there's no doubt the Cardinals are going to whip up on the 49ers. Yep, and Spencer Brett also agree on that. So now, one quarter of the way through the week, we have four perfect sweeps. I see it being a fifth here as we jump to our next game, Atlanta Falcons taking on the Kansas State Chiefs. The Falcons, man, they had a chance to just ruin their division opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had the lead, they looked great, and then halftime came, and uh, the Falcons going to Falcon. So they lost. Buccaneers got the win. Big blow for them, and now the Falcons play Kansas City in just a brutal three-game stretch for them uh, to close out the season. Thank God, they honestly, for their sakes, they don't have playoff hopes right now because they end their season in the final three weeks with Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay again. And it is just – like, that's just brutal to do to a team. If they weren't in a playoffs – if they weren't locked into playoffs before those three games, you could basically chalk them out because maybe they pull off one upset in division, but I don't think there anybody would think there's any way they go better than one and two at best in those three games. So yes, considering the fact that they weren't 10 and three or 10 and four or yeah, 10 and three going into that three game series is almost better for them. Regardless, I'll take Kansas City in this one. Yeah, I don't think they're going to falcon this game too much. Um, I think the Chiefs are just going to blow them out to start, and they're not even going to have a chance to blow the game themselves. Um, So, yeah, definitely the Chiefs here. Okay. Uh, Spencer and Brett also taking the Chiefs. Make it five sweeps. I'm intrigued to see how high we can get uh, with our sweeps going down this list. Possibly eight is my guess. Next, we have the Chicago Bears coming off a big division win versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears now sitting at 7-7 seven and seven, and one game behind the Cardinals for that final playoff spot at the moment. The Vikings fell to 6-8 and eight and pretty much can uh, just kiss those goodbye. I don't even know if they have the tiebreaker on the Cardinals, so they're basically out. So, Chicago... Heads to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, as we mentioned, currently in the first place running for Trevor Lawrence. It would be a very Jaguars thing um, to get the number one pick because the Jets got a win and then win a game and just give it right back. And I'm really hoping for Jaguars fans' sake that doesn't happen, but I won't be surprised if it uh does like it won't be a complete blind side i was already talking about with brett he's a little nervous for it that somehow they're going to pull off this upset and this is one to keep an eye on but i will take chicago in this david montgomery has been too good as of late yeah i'm definitely going to take chicago too but like you said i would not be completely shocked if the jaguars win this football game okay 
uh, Spencer and Brett both taking the Bears as well, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Houston Texans. Three, nine, and one takes on four and ten. That being said, Deshaun Watson, I think, will have the field day that the Steelers offense hoped to have last week, and I will, I will take the Texans in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Texans on this one too. I, I think the Bengals just came out to play this past week, and what motivation do they have to tr- truly to play the Texans? Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the Texans on this one. And as you heard from those two buzzes, uh, Spencer and Brett, their picks are in, they're both taking the Texans as well. Chalk it up to our seventh straight sweep here to kick off week 16. Again, some good matchups here, but nothing that apparently we are disagreeing on when it comes down to the wire. Next game, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Jets. It was a fluke for the Jets. I mean, Brett was saying all season they got to win one at some point, but I don't think we expected it to be the Rams. I don't expect it to continue by any means, so I will take the Browns in this one. So it would totally be a Jets thing. You said how about it would be a Jaguars thing to win this week and lose the number one overall pick. It would totally be a Jets thing for the Jaguars to win and for themselves to win. Also yeah, win. I totally could if, see that happen. Um, that being said, I think both teams just if, lose this week. If that's the case, if that's the case, I don't know how it would play out because then I think they would each be one and one versus each div- versus each conference. So the way um, the way the tiebreaker Jaguars- works is the the difficulty of your schedule. Gotcha. I thought it was conference that's, record. So that's first. what I thought it was too. And then I looked it up because if that were the case, the Jaguars should not have the first overall pick. But it's because it's the strength of schedule. And I don't know. I don't know how exactly this is computed. Like I don't know how they do this with analytics and whatnot. Um, I don't know. Maybe it just goes off by overall record in the start of the season. I don't know. But it's only by 0.04% something like that. Like it's, it's very, it's very minimal um, that the Jaguars technically have a harder schedule than the Jets. Okay. So there you have it. Uh, It doesn't matter what happens in the conference or out of conference play, but yes, I would think it's hilarious Honestly, if the Jets and Jags each <laughs> get a love win it. this week. Um, yeah, kind of rooting for both. But you're taking the Browns. I'm taking the Browns. Spencer and Brett are both taking the Browns. That's another sweep. That chalks it up to eight straight. This is finally the game where I think we might have a disagreement. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts take on head to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Steelers currently sitting at 11-3. and three. The Colts sitting at... 10 and 4? Yes. I believe. Yes. 10 and 4. Um, big game as it decides possibly possibly standings as far as uh, what division leader falls where. If both these teams are wild card, 
which is possible, who falls where, lot riding on this game. But as I said before, I think the Colts are the third most complete team in the league right now, and the Steelers have not been playing like it. I'm going to take Indianapolis in this one, and unfortunate for the Steelers, they're uh, Yeah, as much as it continues. pains me to, um, to do this, I'm going to have to agree with you on this game. This is not one that uh, I thought would happen going into the week, but Spencer, of course, has the Colts in this, as does Brett. So this is another sweep. Uh, I'm sure they both did not expect the two of us to both take the Colts, but that's where we're at. And the Steelers have issues to figure out before playoffs. Of course, they clinched, but you don't want to lose five straight heading into playoffs. Um, But that's looking ever more likely. So... As we had our ninth straight sweep, the next game we have the New York Giants headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. When you look back at our division, or yours and mine, playoff predictions that we did before this past week of who we see ending where, in my three, or in my picks, I had the Colts winning out for them to get to that division winning spot. I also had the Ravens winning out to get to a solid wild card spot, and I'm going to take them in this one. So Ravens over the Giants. Giants, I don't have making playoffs. Um, they have a very tough three-game stretch. You know, if they were more competitive against the Browns, I would have considered picking them this game. And actually, they were competitive. I, did you get to watch the game at all? So uh, I did not. Basically, watch that what one. happened is the Giants. That game was basically the. I would almost compare it to the Clemson-Notre Dame game where Notre Dame and the Giants were on the same page. They went down their first three drives to the red zone, and both teams only came out with a field goal on those first three drives to the red zone. Um, If your team can't score in the red zone, you're not going to win a football game. That's just just plain and simple. Um, I did see the start of this game. Uh, I just didn't see the end. Yeah, I didn't I mean, know how it continued. Do you like the call by the Giants going for the touchdowns on both no, of those? No, because they, at that last week, they were still, they still very easily could have won the division. They still could have taken it if that's their end goal, which I w- it's hard to believe that any team would purposely lose, even the Jets this season. Like, I just, I don't see the Jets purposely losing. Um, so I, yeah. So I don't, right. I don't Clearly. see the Giants purposely losing either. And the, I mean, the Washington Football Team was playing Seattle more than, with a backup quarterback. So more than likely, the Washington Football Team was going to lose, and that was really the Giants' chance to, you know, really make things interesting going into the final two weeks. And I just don't see how you don't take. I don't want to say guaranteed points, but the higher percentage play of just getting a field goal. I don't know how you don't take that. Um, so to answer your question, no, I did not like them trying to go for touchdowns on the, on fourth down that early in the game. Um, now, if you're down by four or more in the fourth quarter in that situation, absolutely go for the touchdown, you know, but with a possible division title on the line and it's only the first quarter, and you don't have any points yet, and you're going for it on fourth down, you don't get it. 
that just looks terrible. You just got to take the easy points and and kick and do the kickoff. So, um, see, I completely disagree. I maybe it's just me. Uh, I loved it because here's how I'm looking. I found the Giants, and I don't mean to go off on too much of a tangent here, but clearly you need a win. So you're not going to beat the Browns by just kicking field goals. I think that they acknowledge that. And if you lose, granted, no team is trying to lose. But if you lose, it's not the end of the world because you're still going to get a high draft pick. But if you win, then you're, you have the chance to make playoffs. Um, and to me, this is a big just if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen because we're either going to come out and come out strong and swinging with touchdowns and play to win, not play this whole, are these field goals going to be enough? Uh, this was a whole, we're playing to win mentality, truly. And it was poor execution of it, like very poor. But I liked the mentality of let's go to get a touchdown because we're trying to win a division title, not just keep it competitive enough and hope that And I totally get end, where you're coming from, top. but at the same time, I think of how do you take – a like how many times are you going to be in the red zone against that against the 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 yeah the bears oh my god against the browns like in the way the browns have been playing this season the fact that they were there for three straight their their first three possessions in in the first quarter i i just i don't know if i can justify going for the touchdowns but i totally see what you're saying by the trying to instill the confidence in like, yeah, like I want to win this game as a coach, you know, Joe judge wants to shoot prove to his players that he's that he wants to win. Um, so I totally get that, but I think it was just too high risk to do that that early in the game. Now, even in the third quarter, I could totally see them trying to do something like that and, you know, go on, go for it on fourth down and whatnot. But first quarter, that's that's tough. Yeah, and I see that. Um, regardless, we both have. Sorry, we both have the Ravens in that game, uh, and moving on. So do Spencer and Brett. So that's another sweep, as it makes ten straight now, for our first ten picks. Next game, we get to back to division rivalry. Uh, the Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers in this. I'm going to take uh, front runner Justin Herbert to have a good game. And, yeah, really just banking on their offense doing stuff after pulling off what is certainly yeah, an upset. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Chargers look good. They really did. I mean, I know they put that game into overtime, but they look good. Um, I don't care what Brett and Spencer say about Justin Herbert. (laughs) He's having a phenomenal season. Um, He had one bad game, truthfully. And I'm going to pick the Chargers here as well. The Broncos defense just doesn't do it for me. And if Justin Herbert plays how he did last week, they're going to win this game for sure. And the Broncos offense is so hit or miss that – I can't count on the Broncos offense to win them every football game. 
So I think I think actually honestly I think the Chargers are right. kind of the obvious choice here. Spencer apparently sees something that we do as well. He is taking the Chargers in this one. And our streak of sweeps comes to an end as Brett is taking the Broncos. We all know he is not a believer in the Chargers. He believes they are certainly in the below average tier looking back at our tiers, which was the lowest tier. So he is taking Denver in this game. And yeah, banking on what he believes is the non-rookie of the year to have another subpar performance which I personally think he's only had two of as a rookie. Anyways, next game we get into uh, Carolina heads to take on the Washington football team. This is a very tough one for me. Um, It's looking like McCaffrey might play. This is a stupid move if it happens. There's no reason he should play. I don't care if he wants to play. You need to look at it as management and understand that this is not what is best for the team. It's not what's best for him. Uh, yeah, this is going to be such a stupid move if he plays, truthfully, especially if he gets hurt. But I'm going to take the Washington football team in this. Um, their defense is one of the best. So especially if McCaffrey isn't playing, I think they can lock down Carolina and that their offense will you know, do enough, probably score a touchdown. They'll get a defensive touchdown. And I think 17 points yeah. might win this game for them. Do, you, do we know if Alex Smith is playing? Let's assume he's not, because I don't believe I've seen a positive. I haven't seen anything yet. either. Um, update. Only thing I've seen about a Washington football team quarterback is that Dwayne Haskins was seen at a strip club the other night. Um. Yeah, which I mean, that's shame yeah. on him for being that irresponsible. Um, you know, especially during all this time of COVID and everything, but. I, I digress. I'm going to pick the Washington football team as well. I think even if McCaffrey plays, that defensive line is just going to disrupt any sort of plans that the Carolina offense has. That Carolina offensive line isn't that good. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's totally taken a nosedive this season. And Christian McCaffrey... Honestly, probably isn't even a hundred percent. And like, like you said, he shouldn't even be playing. Um, yeah, we saw with this Washington football team's defensive line against multiple opponents now this season, and how they've just dominated. And this game is going to be no exception. They're gonna they're gonna dominate this game, and uh, I think I think the defense is the reason why the football team will win this game this week. Okay. Um, make this another sweep. Spencer and Brett both have the football team in this one. I was a little surprised that all of us agreed, but at the same time, uh, I think Washington might be able to clinch with a win this week um, and a Giants loss. So we'll see. The only hope Dallas and Philly have uh, are if Washington loses. And as we jump into that next, since that's our next matchup, Philly at Dallas, the winner of this game, if Washington and the Giants both lose, still have a chance at the division title. Um, Philly actually plays Washington next week. So if they were to win this week and Washington loses, 
basically, unless the Giants win both weeks, the winner of that matchup actually moves on. Um, very interesting. It's been down to the wire for this division all year. It was a crapshoot at the start. It's still a crapshoot, but you know Washington is yes. six and eight right now. So, I mean, the fact that they could, in theory, end eight and eight, and after how bad this whole division was all year, we would still have a team that's 500 or better in a division winner spot is kind of nice to see. Um, and, yeah. Anyways, back on subject. Philly versus Dallas. I had Dallas last week. I was the only one who had Dallas uh, to beat San Francisco when looking just across ESPN at this. Only 30% of people agreed with that. They won. Now Dallas is favored in this um and people the majority of people roughly 65 percent think dallas will win this game i don't see it i think dallas pulled off a win versus a beat up san francisco team but this philly team uh that's been clicking on offense with jalen hurts that's not the sole reason why they've been clicking but all around this team has been playing better a lot as of the past three weeks all around not just qb um and I think they're starting to, you know, get a little bit healthy and the people who are replacements are setting in a little bit more comfortable. So I'm going to take Philly in this one. And if Washington does lose, put them in a spot where they could actually clinch yeah. this division next week. So I'm going to agree with most of what you said. Um, I, I do think the Eagles are going to win. And I think it's important to note that the Washington and Carolina game was actually flexed to 425. So Washington is going to be playing at the same time that the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be playing. Um, I think that's very interesting that they did that on purpose and uh, makes things a little bit more exciting for that division because Lord knows that division is not very exciting. Um, so, it, But that being said, it's probably the most competitive <laughs> division this year, <laughs> as sad as that is. Um. But, yeah, I'm going to yeah, pick the Eagles. For sure. And I think now their Eagles defense has, even though the, the Kyler, it, it's Kyler Murray in that offense, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and everybody else on that offense did exactly what they should have been doing all year against every defense um, this past week against Philadelphia. And, yep. yeah, I can't really I – think, I think it was just a matter of Arizona being better than Philly. Um, overall on both sides of the ball. I think that's why they won that game. I wouldn't blame that game on the defense for the Eagles or the offense. I think they were just not the better team. Um, That being said, I think the Eagles are winning the games and playing well because of the quarterback switch. I think Jalen Hurts just totally brings a different attitude and a different mentality and a swagger um, if I'm allowed to use that word, they, he just totally brings a different presence to that team, not only with his style quarterback play, but with his mentality. Um, and I, I think, I think that's what, I think that's what sparked everything to start going Philly's way. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Wentz, but I don't yeah, we... think he had that on-field mentality 
that Jalen Hurts does. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's even necessarily the mentality of the player themselves, um, but I'm kind of comparing this to, you know, you see if your team's doing rough. Uh, if a hockey team's doing rough in a game, sometimes you pull the goalie uh, and you put in the backup, and it doesn't mean your backup is better than your starter, and it doesn't mean that you expect them to play better than the starter. It just means that sometimes you need to make a switch to spark the rest of your team. And in both situations, when this happens with the QB and a backup needs to come in, whether for health reasons or the team reasons or a goalie, um, the rest of the team can also play up to a higher level because they know they need to, because you can't expect a backup or you shouldn't be expecting a backup to put up starter-like numbers. And I think that, at least for me, uh, is a lot of what happened here in Philly. Like you said, there is a swagger, to quote you, that comes with Hurts. I also think that is just a mentality of the rest of the team saying, we've been bad. Wentz hasn't been phenomenal. Like, that's very clear. But we've been bad as a team, and uh, now, like, this guy... We can't expect him to to carry our team, so we need to play better. And it's unfortunate that sometimes that's what it takes. But I do think that is part of the situation here. I also have said before, and while it's just us, I will say it again, um, Hertz might be the better option for this team at this exact moment just because we talked about how beat up this offensive line is. And although Wentz is mobile, uh, Hertz can be a running QB. And when you have to scramble that much, it's just he fits the unfortunate style of play that is happening a little bit better with the fact of how beat up that offensive line is and how much the pocket is collapsing when you have a guy who's so, a little more mobile. I, I'll, so, well, let me build off of that because I agree to a certain point oh. with what you're saying. Um, the, with the whole goalie switch mentality, you know, the quarterback sweat switch mentality. And it just totally lit a spark under these players to possibly be playing better, um, which it does seem like they are playing better. However, I think Wentz. Now, I, I truly think Wentz is just average, but he was putting up worse numbers than he should have been, obviously, because why else would you get benched? Um, and I think Wentz was trying to do too much. I think that people tried to blame that offensive line for being beat up, which they are. But as a quarterback, you can't hold on to the ball and try to extend plays knowing that your offensive line is not as good as years before. It You just can't. Now, is it... Right. Now, I as see, part of that coaching, possibly. I see where... But then from. when you see Jalen Hurts making the simple throws driving down the field, you wonder then, was it coaching or was it Wentz trying to do too much? I truly think it was Wentz trying to do too much. I think he was trying to extend the play, trying to make plays with his legs, and he wasn't I don't even know if he was going through his reads. I I don't I don't a lot of the times I really don't know what he was looking at. 
Um, and there are multiple, multiple instances where that happened this year and not in years past. And I just don't think he, I, I don't think he knew how to react. Um, which is the sign of a quarterback not yeah. being good. Um, if you don't, if you're not making the necessary throws and trying to be elite when you're not elite, that's not good. He has to know what his parameters are as a quarterback. If if he if he is truly that good, he would have been able to extend the plays no matter what that offensive line was doing. But he was just holding on to the ball too long. And honestly, I watched him scramble into defensive linemen several times and then people try and blame that offensive line but i like some of those some of those scramble attempts and i i'm using air quotes you can't see it but i'm using scramble attempts he ran right into defensive linemen jalen hurts doesn't do that jalen hurts goes one read two read three read and then he finds the gap and i i think i think if carson once tried to play a simpler game he would be the starting quarterback, and I think the Eagles would be winning this division. Okay. Uh, let us all know your thoughts on Twitter, because you clearly know by now where the four of us each stand on this Wentz versus Hurts issue, but we are still intrigued to see what our fans and listeners think of this situation. So let us know if you believe it's on Wentz, if it's on the O-line, uh, if the rest of the team has stepped up their play, if Wentz has just maybe lost his touch, whatever you believe it may be, uh, or anything we haven't mentioned yet, we weren't here. But continuing with this, uh, Spencer and Brett each have the Eagles <laughs> in this game. Uh, quote, go birds for them. And uh, yeah, we'll make that yet another sweep on this episode. Next game, we have a very interesting one. Uh, Division matchup that currently would i believe decide who takes over first in the division but we have the los angeles rams head to seattle to take on the seahawks um you know i have a team already written down for this and now i want to check something first so i'm actually going to take the rams on this to um, you on this one the who are seahawks you just they're just so inconsistent i don't know they should show up and play this game like you said it's a division game but that team has just been honestly so disappointing these past couple weeks. Um, even though the Rams just lost to the Jets, I think the Rams are going to – this is going to be their bounce-back game, and they're going to win this game this this uh, this week. Okay. Um I'm going to take the Seahawks in this. I had the Seahawks. I The only thing I wanted to look up was who won their previous matchup. This one is in Seattle. The Rams did win when they played earlier this year in LA. I'm going to give the Seahawks the edge in this. Uh, the Rams clearly had something go wrong last week, but I think Pete Carroll will jump on this chance of they just secured a division or a playoff spot last week. If they win this week, they clinch the division. Um, because at best, both other teams would be 9-5. and five. They'd have a two-game lead heading into the final week. So I think Pete Carroll capitalizes on this opportunity to win the division as opposed to um, possibly 
risking that and having the Rams somehow clinch the division title if they pull this off. So I will take the Seahawks in this. You had the Rams. Spencer and Brett are both taking the Seahawks. Um, definitely a game to watch for this week. And one of our two disagreements so far. So love to see it. Um, yeah, next game. Another very good game and very crucial game. We have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Green Bay Packers. Two teams that we talked about, their offense are definitely the better side of the ball for each of these teams. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers in this. When we did our predictions for playoffs, I saw the Titans losing this game. And this being, if the Colts can capitalize this week and the Titans don't, the Colts, I think, will win this division. And because of that, and because of how good Rodgers has been, aside from last week, I think he has a bounce back game. I think this game, yeah, I'm definitely going to take 40 the points, too. But I'm gonna I, think it's, I think it's going to be a matter of Aaron Rodgers and that offense outscoring Derrick Henry and the Titans' offense. Okay. Um, Spencer and Brett are both taking the Packers as well. So this is another sweep for us. Also, to comment on last week, the <laughs> or Derrick Henry put up 147 yards, so not quite 300, versus Detroit. So he currently sits at 1,679. I believe he would need... I think it's 2,100. I'm blanking on the record now. Um Is it so? Yeah, I I know he needs over two hundred in each of these games. However, again, an awful rush rushing defense. So he does have a chance here um, for this rushing title, and especially if he puts up over two hundred in this. I don't care if he needs two eighty in the final week. That will be something to watch, especially if the Titans still are playing for the division. If everything is on the line and you know you need a win, so Henry's going to be in regardless. Um, yeah, just something to uh, watch for sure. As I stumble on my words because I was trying to look up the official rushing record because I don't have it off the top of my memory despite looking at it last week. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest, if Derrick Henry puts up probably 200 yards this week. I mean, that that Green Bay defensive line is not good. Um, And even though I think the Green Bay Packers are going to win this game, I think you're still going to see Derrick Henry put up crazy numbers. And for the record, the all-time rushing record is 2,105 yards. Yeah, so Henry would need basically yeah, 240 right. yards each game. Uh, 225. 225 each game, roughly. I mean, I wouldn't um, 100% count it out, but if the Packers we'll are winning he, going into that fourth quarter, don't count on Derrick Henry getting a lot of rushing touches. They might throw to him out of the backfield a little bit, but they'll be throwing that ball. Right. Um, 
we'll definitely keep an eye on it if he hits 200 this week or anywhere at least 180. And as we had or Spencer and Brett will also take Green Bay if I didn't make that clear. So that's a sweep. And as we head into the final game of the week, we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. Buffalo officially division winners for the first time since before Josh Allen was born in 1995. Good for them. First time in 11 years that the Patriots aren't division winners. Love to see it. At least I do. And I'm going to take the Bills in this game when they're playing for everything. And yeah, and like you said, the Patriots have besides basically nothing to play for other than spoiling a division opponent, which you know they're going to go out there and play their hardest. I mean, it's Bill Belichick coaching for crying out loud. But, um, no, the Bills are just – they're just a better team. And I think – I think the and what the Bills did this past week, I think it's going to carry over to this week, and they're just going to absolutely dominate that New England team. Okay. Um, Brett and Spencer will also take Buffalo, making that 14 total out of 16 possible sweeps among our crew. Very interesting. I think it's probably the most we've ever had. And yeah, looking at our totals real quick, since we are hitting the hour mark in this episode, um, in prime time, Brett still reigns king uh, at 67%, working down Mm -hmm. Myself and Spencer are at 63% and Logan at 59%. And then... You're good. Um, looking at... Sorry. Looking at uh, our overall picks bottom up, Brett has 124, Spencer has 127, Logan's oh, in oh second at 128, and I currently have 139 um, in first place. So with two weeks left, hopefully I can hit that 150 mark. Only need 11 between the two. But with all the agreements this week, it's pretty much guaranteed nobody's really going to make up ground. Uh, and we'll see how that final week plays out. May have to tell Brett and Spencer ahead of time how I big of a lead is so we can get some interesting picks. And yeah, thank you for tuning into this episode of To The Gridiron here on Top Chatter Sports, a.k.a. The Brett and Spencer Show, starring Brett and Spencer, featuring <laughs> guest star Victor and Logan. Um, make sure to last know your picks for, for Week 16. Let us know where you stand on the Wentz Hurts debate on Twitter. We've talked about enough between our crew that from now on we will only bring it up if it comes up on Twitter from fans. And we will catch you guys next week. Have a Merry Christmas. And... Um, last week will be our last regular season episode, uh, right before New Year's, and then we will remember to own the beer league bench.